Good morning, family, and welcome to the 25th Silver Anniversary of Strong Tower Bible Church. All this month, we will be celebrating with friends and family from across the country. Twenty-five years ago this month, Strong Tower Bible Church was birthed. From the YMCA to the Franklin Factory to Granny White Pike, God has been faithful to us. Psalms 118.23 This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. The Lord has been a keeper for Strong Tower. The Lord has been a deliverer for Strong Tower. been a provider for Strong Tower Bible Church. We reflect on God's faithfulness towards us. Come on, Strong Tower, let's celebrate our Lord this morning. Good morning, Strong Tower Bible Church. Wow, can you believe that God has given us this entire month of September to celebrate him and to honor one another for what he is doing in, through, and even in spite of Strong Tower Bible Church. Man, this has been a phenomenal month. And uh, the Bible says that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice. And this is a time to rejoice. But we're also to weep with those who weep or mourn with those who mourn. So within a church, within a culture, within a society, there is always simultaneous rejoicing and even simultaneous mourning and weeping. And on Wednesday of this past week, September 23rd, we realized and we discovered that no police officers were charged directly in the murder of Breonna Taylor in Louisville, Kentucky. Only one officer faces three counts of wanton endangerment, and that's from shooting through the wall of Breonna Taylor's neighbor's apartment. The Attorney General did everything but seek justice for Breonna Taylor. An innocent woman who was killed, and some reports even say still in bed by the police, and no one is being held accountable for it, and the only cop that is facing some level of discipline, he's only facing it because his bullet sprayed through a wall. So a wall ended up having more value than the life, the, the precious life of this dear woman. Breonna Taylor. My friend Micah Edmondson said this, you cannot love your neighbor while supporting or accepting systems that crush, exploit, and dehumanize them. You cannot love your neighbor while accepting less for them and their family than you do for you or your own. Elder Sherman Smith gave me a scripture to help encourage me, Proverbs 24, verse 23 and 24 read, These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to show partiality in judgment. He who says to the wicked, you are righteous, him the people will curse. Nations will abhor him. But those who rebuke the wicked will have delight and a good blessing 
will come upon them. So there are many who are naive enough to just trust the police, to trust this legal system, and to accept whatever is handed to us. Whereas there are others of us who are more discerning than that. There are others of us who see a track record in this country and see a pattern of injustice being perpetrated against people of African descent in this nation. And I just find it strangely ironic that on the day that this all came out, September 23rd, was the same day, I believe 65 years ago, that the evil men who killed um, Emmett Till were exonerated. There were no charges brought against them. The jury deliberated for a little over an hour, an all-white jury, and these men came out as not guilty. And so we, we've seen these scales be off. But that's why we need preachers who will lead during this hour, preachers who will show that they have spiritual backbone, preachers who will be prophetic and not pathetic or, or acting like puppets. And the man who's coming to preach for us this morning is surely no puppet. He's definitely not pathetic. He's very prophetic, and he's also pastoral, has a shepherd's heart and a prophet's tongue. And that's my friend, Walter Simmons. Walter Simmons is the pastor of Empowerment Community Church in Franklin, Tennessee, and his church is quickly making an impact in the city. As a matter of fact, God's hand is on this church in such a way where they are growing more during this pandemic than they grew before the pandemic. And God is blessing Empowerment Community Church to be a wonderfully racially diverse church. But just as it is with Strong Tower, the goal is not diversity. The goal is diversity that leads to justice and equity of, of going outside of these four walls to go into the world to make sure that justice is rolling down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. And so therefore, Walter co-founded the Franklin Justice and Equity Coalition um, in order to hold officials in the city of Franklin accountable to their actions, whether they be people in the police department, people within the school system, whatever it is, he is leading um, this effort. And I am one of the advisors of the FJEC. And uh, one of our members, two of our members, Chris Clausey, uh, is on that board along with Dustin Cochter. And so there's overlap between our lives and between our ministries. Um, this man married one of my spiritual daughters. And that's just another reason why I love him. But he, above that, he loves God. And um, he's my friend. So Strong Tower, on this final Sunday of our anniversary celebration, would you help me welcome Pastor Walter Simmons of the Empowerment Community Church to preach God's word this hour. Amen. Greetings to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who sends us here on this wonderful 25th year anniversary here at Strong Tower Bible Church. I am grateful to be allowed to come here and speak on behalf of anyone who stands in this stead in this moment and in this time. To Strong Tower Bible Church, thank you, and to First Lady Darina, who is my pastor, and Dr. Chris Williamson, who happened to pastor my wife from the Empowerment Community Church, we do thank you for allowing us to be here. If you have your Bibles, if you can turn with me into the Hebrew Bible, which we do call the Old Testament, into 2 Chronicles, the 29th verse. 2 Chronicles chapter 29, I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles chapter 29. Once again, what a time it is to be here for 25 years, the silver anniversary of Strong Tower Bible Church. It is a great honor to be here. I feel like you all are a part of the Empowerment Community Church. And here today we come to share a word with you from the Lord. Hebrew Bible, 2 Chronicles the 29th chapter, and we will begin reading at verse number one. 
I am reading from the New International Version, and we will read verses 1 through 11 and then verses 32 through 35, and it reads as follows. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. In the first month of the first year of his reign, he opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites, assembled them in the square on the east side, and said, Listen to me, Levites. Consecrate yourselves now and consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of your fathers. Remove all the defilement from the sanctuary. Our fathers were unfaithful. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and forsook him. They turned their faces away from the Lord's dwelling place and turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors of the portico and put out the lamps. They did not burn incense or present any burnt offerings at the sanctuary to God of Israel. Therefore, the anger of the Lord has fallen on Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread and horror and scorn, as you can see with your own eyes. This is what our fathers have fallen by the sword and why our sons and daughters and our wives are in captivity. Now I intend to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will return away from us. My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him and serve him to minister before and to burn incense. Going down to verse number 32. The number of burnt offerings the assembly brought was 70 bulls, 100 rams, and 200 male lambs, all of them for burnt offerings to the Lord. The animals consecrated the sacrifices amounted to 600 bulls and 3,000 sheep and goats. The priests, however, were too few to skin all the burnt offerings. So their kinsmen, the Levites, helped them until the task was finished and until the other priests had been consecrated. For the Levites had been more conscientious in consecrating themselves than the priests had been. Therefore, there were burnt offerings in abundance together with the fat of the fellowship offerings and the drink offerings and the things that accompanied the burnt offerings. So the service of the temple of the Lord was reestablished. Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced at what God had brought about his people because it was done so quickly. Just for a moment, for your 25th anniversary, I just want to share a thought with you. The doors will open again. The doors will open again. In this season of pandemic, we find ourselves associating death, hate, injustice, harm, dangers, famine, death, and all things noted to what we see in the world today. In the world, in the midst of a pandemic, we find that we still have not found the opportunity to be one united people across every demographic. Even so, that now you're finding that there are not only issues in the country, but we also can find issues in the church. The church who is supposed to be God's bride has become something different here in Western culture, especially in America, where monikers come out to make America great again, where monikers come out that we are pro-life, well, monikers are always said that the church is the, the bride of God. But here in America, during this season, what the pandemic has taught us is that the bigger pandemic may be in our pulpits each week. The bigger pandemics of pastors who've been pastored for years committing suicide, pandemics of pastors who've silent on injustices that happened on people of color, silence from the pulpit, and the pandemics that are beginning to happen also traverse not only to happen in our pulpits, and then they become pandemics in our personal life. Once we get into the pandemics of personal life, we begin to understand that maybe God is not the God that we've said God was from the beginning. 
because 1419 does not establish the God that I want to talk about today. The God that I want to talk about today for your 25th anniversary would be the God that started back with Hezekiah. And if we're not careful in this season, if we don't celebrate 25 years, then we won't be able to understand what God did during a pandemic and gave you your purpose. Strong Tower Bible Church, you have been around for 25 years. You have had great leadership under Dr. Chris Williamson and my pastor, First Lady Darina. But if you remember, you were in Franklin, Tennessee at one time. You were in the Franklin Y at one time. If you go back and look at the Franklin Y, you'll see God's hand on you. Then you'll find yourself over in the factory for a season. And you'll see that God's hand was on you. Then you went into other places for uh, particular seasons before you found a home here on Granny White Pike. And if you just traverse back through your life and your lineage of what you've done over the last 25 years, you will find out that not only have you done great work, the work that you started is still being done by people who are still in Franklin and surrounding areas. I wish I had a witness who understands that when God's hand is on you, there is nothing that the pandemic can stop or stop or pause or pause or make your purpose, your purpose, not come to fruition. Here it is that in the midst of a pandemic, we are finding out, as Pastor Chris Williamson told me a few years ago, in some seasons you will find out who are the prophets and you will find out who are puppets. And I must attest to you that there are many puppets in pulpits today. The same is true of the text that I just wrote a moment ago. I read a moment ago. You'll find out here that there were some puppets living as prophets in the kingdom. You can't understand verse 32 through 35 until you understand the history and lineage of Hezekiah. In verse number one, it says that Hezekiah became king when he turned 25 years old. That means that at 25, God did something remarkable in Hezekiah's life. You ought to stand up and shout and lift your hands up because even though in a pandemic, you may think that you are not still doing fruit in the land, but now God is showing you how much fruit you're now possessing. It says that Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. Now, most of us know the story of Hezekiah because when God told him he was going to die, he turned his face to the wall and changed God's mind. But I want to go back to the beginning of Hezekiah because something interesting happens in the first pericope of Scripture. It says that in the, he was 25 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. It says that he was the son of of a lady by the name of Abijah, who was the son, daughter of a brother by the name of Zechariah, and they counted David as his father. Now, for you biblical astute people, you understand that David was not Hezekiah's daddy. Hezekiah's daddy was a brother by the name of Ahaz, A-H-A-Z, and it is known that Ahaz may have been the worst king in the history of the Bible. Ahaz is noted to be the worst king in the history of the Bible. You don't have to help me here this morning because sometimes you have to understand that God has to bring you through even though your life may have some issues. Watch this, watch this, watch this. And now I want to go ahead and encourage my sisters. Uh, not many times in the Bible do you find that the father is not named, but the mother is. I wish I had a witness in here. Let me say it one more time. Oftentimes in the Bible, when you look for the lineage of a son, you find out they will only speak of 
the father. But Ahaz was such a terrible father and a, such a terrible king that when the writer decides to pen name the paper, he does not name Ahaz as the father in Chronicles. He names Abijah as his mother. To the women here who are in churches where they are leaving you out and your voice has been silent, sometimes you need to understand that you don't have to say things to folks. God will raise your name up. Come here, Beyonce and Destiny Child, say my name, say my name. And then you find out that she is the daughter of Zechariah. Now you say, Pastor Walter, what does that have to do with the text? And I'm happy that you asked that question. Because Ahaz has done some things that Hezekiah must fix. There is a process to God that we need to be a part of when God wants to bring what we call reform in the land. Whenever God wants to fix anything in the world, he first starts in the church. Let me say that again. Whenever there's going to be reform in the land, God always starts right in his personal house. And you say, what made Ahaz the worst king in the Bible? I'm happy that you asked. Um, some things that Ahaz has done. Um, while he's king, He's closed the doors of the temple where only the priests and Levites can go in to worship. And wherever only high thinking folks or preachers and pastors can go worship, that is always problematic to God's throne. Not only that, he stopped Passover and now where the people come in to remember what God did back in Egypt, bringing them through the Red Sea, he's closed that off. And all the church is now and has become in Israel, in Jerusalem, in Judah, it has become a pagan worship temple. Ahaz has surrendered over to the kings of Assyria and then allowed idols to come into the church that were not of God. He's closed the temple. He stopped regular folk from worshiping. And he's allowed only idol worship to go on in God's house. Watch this. Watch this. So the priests and the Levites who are supposed to be in God's stead, they are not worshiping the one and true God. They are not worshiping idols of other kingdoms. Um. And God goes through a process to clean his house. Watch this. Watch this. Um, number one, in order to deal with God, you need to follow a few steps in God's process. Number one, you have to recognize the problems in the process. Um, most of us uh, reject problems of life. Uh, the, the Proverbs reads that there are two things you can really get used to in life. Number one, death in trouble. Um, um, where I come from, in the Good Baptist Church, there was a song that would always read, um, trouble don't last always. But oftentimes, the church is reluctant to uh, uh, accept God's justice because we don't want people, places, and things to stop us from being what God wants us to be. And we run from problems, and the problem is what keeps you praying. The problem is what keeps you fasting. The problem is what keeps you going. And if some of us are so immature that if God wouldn't give you problems, you wouldn't show up to church. You definitely wouldn't tithe. You, you definitely wouldn't speak to anybody. You definitely wouldn't do what God asks you to do. Number one, you got to recognize the problems in the process. Number two, you must remain prudent in the process. Um, you have to know how to stay faithful when everything around you is going crazy. If you don't have the fortitude to stay faithful with problems, then you will never make it to where God wants to send you to. Because Pastor David Tucker would say it this way, um, um, uh, a faith that has not been tested cannot be trusted. A faith that has not been tested cannot be trusted. And when you're prudent, you will not allow situations around you to dictate how you will be with your God. Number one, you got to recognize the problems in the process. Number two, you got to be prudent in the process. And you got to recognize God's providential power will show up in the process. You got to believe that. 
You got to believe that. You got to believe that God's providential power will show up in the process. In other words, what God told you he was going to do, you have to remember God is going to do it. Oftentimes we struggle because the way we want God to do them, he doesn't do it. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Don't go nowhere on that one. Um, most of us are often caught off guard because we put God in the box. And when God does not fit in that box, we struggle with allowing God to do what he wants to do in our life. The processes of life, and you must understand it. So you say, Pastor Walter, what is that process? And we're almost done today because your pastor probably go 20 minutes and I'm going to stay in that stead right now. Uh, 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 uh. What is the process? Number one, in order to understand the process, the first thing you do, you must repent. Uh, repentance is required. It says in verse number three, in the first month of the first year of his reign, he opened the doors of the temple, the Lord, the temple of the Lord and repaired them. Um, he brought in the priests and the Levites, assembled them in the east square and told them one word. Consecrate yourself. Listen, in the first day of the first month of his reign as king, he did not have an inauguration party where the military walked by. In the first month of the first day of his reign, he did not have his partners around and they had a party. In the first day of the first month of his kingship, he went down to the house of God and went in and told him to open the doors and then repair them. Come here. Come here. Um, most of us don't understand that repentance is something that's good. And not only did he say open up the doors, the next thing he called out, he told the priests and the Levites to consecrate yourselves. In other words, you need to get clean. And I want to encourage somebody here who has a bad background, who your mama and your daddy may have left you or some people have left you behind. But God is going to use those problems to make you prudent so you can see his providence when you get ready to go in and do his purpose. Watch this. Ahaz was the worst king in the history of the Bible, but God chose his son to go in and fix everything that this brother had messed up. Say a word, Pastor Walter, I am. And what he does, he does not start in his home. He starts in the house of God, because whenever there's reform, the house of God must be clean first. Consecrate yourselves. Remember, when Samuel goes in to anoint David king, he goes down to Bethlehem. He tells everybody around to go get consecrated, to go get clean and go get right. Because what he's going to do later in the chapter, you cannot clean the house of God until you clean yourself. Say it. Say it. Um, he comes in and he first tells them, repent, then get clean. Okay. Um, and so... Once they go get right, then he says, we go cleanse the temple. He says, go into the temple, take all the idols, take everything out and do it. And, 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 and here's a good one, uh, because in second, in, in second Kings, it's also this story, but it's told in more depth what they were supposed to do with cleaning the, king, cleaning the temple. Second Kings 18 and verse four. This is going to blow your mind right here. Are you ready? Number one, repent. Number two, get consecrated. Once you get consecrated, then you can go consecrate the temple. Watch it. He says, cleanse the temple. Uh, and over in 2 Kings 18 and 4, it says that they removed the high places, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles. He broke into pieces the bronze snake that Moses had made for up to that time, the Israels had burnt incense to it. He went, he, he instructs them, the priests and the Levites, go into the temple, take all the idols out to Baal. And while you're in there, taking out Baal's items, also get the snake that Moses made and bring it out of there with them. And they cut it into pieces. Watch, watch, watch this, watch this. Uh, uh, at the burning bush, Moses threw his staff down and it turned into a snake. 
In the presence of Pharaoh in Exodus, Moses shows his power by throwing the same staff down and grabbing it and it turned into a serpent. So Moses understands serpent as a way to God. Watch it. Watch what I'm saying. Moses has taken on the serpent to be an example of what God is. Okay, you ready? Okay. When they go into the temple, Hezekiah tells them, take out the staff of Moses. Don't just take out Baal stuff. Go in and take out the stuff that Moses, that we attribute to Moses and that we are burning incense to. Oh, oh watch it. Some of you in your churches and some of you in your worship has American flags lifted higher than God. Some of you in your churches have the Christian flag higher than God. Some of you in your churches have your denominations higher than God. And God is saying, when I come in to clean my house, not only am I taking out Baal stuff, I'm taking out the traditions of the people also. Ah, your traditions that you hold high. And if anybody should have something in the temple, Shouldn't it be Moses? And if Moses can't have a serpent staff in there made of bronze, you shouldn't have no stuff in the temple either. Moses is on the Saint Hall of Fame and Moses is not allowed to have anything in the temple. Take it out, cut it up and throw it out with Baal worship. That should uh, 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 cause problems in some of our theology. Um, that should cause problems in some of our working because if they took everything out, then that means that the only thing that was supposed to be high and lifted up in the temple is God himself. So from verse 12 to verse number 33, they give instructions on how to take the stuff out, what to do and how to do it. Once they get consecrated, they come in with seven, seven lamb, seven bulls and seven rams, and then they do a sin offering for the nation. Once they did the sin offering, for the nation, Hezekiah finds out that the temple has been cleaned. We have consecrated ourselves and everybody is ready. When you get to verse number 33, the people are assembled for worship. When, when, when you've repented and you've cleaned yourself and the temple, then you can start worship again. They come in and they begin worship. They begin worship again, Pastor Chris. And they came in and they bought their offering. And they said that the people showed up in great numbers with burnt offerings that the priests could not keep up with skinning the offerings. So the Levites had to step in and help them until the task was finished. Because the Levites had been more diligent in consecrating themselves than the priests. It says that when you repent, when the temple is cleansed, and you are clean, then worship can be restored. When worship has been restored, the offerings come, the people have bought their offering, they are ready to sacrifice, but the priest, the leaders of the temple, the ones who go into the holies of holies and pray and see God behind the veil have not been diligent at consecration so they could not keep up with the people's request. So the Levites had to step in and help them. Um, a word, when you come back in the worship Strong Tower Bible Church after 25 years, make sure you learn to let Levites lead. Because sometimes priests don't spend time in consecration the way they're supposed to. And the Levites are go people go be people with tattoos on them. 
The Levites are going to be people with felonies on their record. The Levites are going to be women who've had children by multiple men. The Levites are going to be people who have a record. The Levites are going to be people who have been sexually abused. The Levites are going to be people who have a pure heart because once you get to the level of priesthood, you forget how to walk with God. Because consecration is a part of this thing. And God is no longer causing the church to be so clean. This ain't outcast. This ain't so fresh and so clean. God created Adam from the dust of the ground. And what makes you think you, you came straight from heaven? The doors of the church will open again. And when they open, make sure you have repented, Strong Tower. Make sure that you have consecrated yourself and your temple. And make sure that you have worship again. But the good news is, after 25 years, you have went through these processes. After 25 years, you've had problems, you've been prudent, and you've seen God's providential grace. I remember when mold hit in the YMCA and you needed a building and God showed up. I remember when you called and you put on Facebook that God had moved here in Granite White Pike. I remember the first service because my wife and I were here with Elijah. And I remember what it meant for you to be able to come back and worship. I also know that you repent and I also know that you stay, try to stay consecrated. And your worship is some of the best worship that you can find. Empowerment Church would not be Empowerment Church without Strong Tower Bible Church. Because what you did in Franklin, you left roots in Franklin and Empowerment Community Church is now reaping what we have not sold. You ought to stand up with your head high because out of all the churches in Franklin, you are the only multi-ethnic, multicultural church led by a non-Caucasian. You, you've done something different and you showed the world how to truly be in God's diverse kingdom. But you have to learn one more thing, and I'm done. Um, you have to learn that when worship comes back, you're going to have to know how to let everybody be a part. Not saying you don't, but I just want to leave this with you. Um, um, a few years ago, I moved here in 2004. And in 2004, I worked with a good non-colored person my homie by the name of Mike Martin. Mike Martin was the general manager on Conference Drive in Goodlesville of Arby's. I was his assistant manager before I got promoted, and then we became good friends. He went to family reunions with me. He would spend the night with me at my aunt's house when we would go visit. Mike Martin was my homie, but Mike Martin had what we call rheumatoid arthritis. One night about 1.30 in the morning, Mike calls me on the phone and say, Shorty, that's what he called me. Can you come take me to the emergency room? I said, sure. I jumped up out the bed, drove up the street, picked him up, and we went to the emergency room in Hendersonville. While there, there was about, it's a Saturday night, early Sunday morning, and if you've ever been to the emergency room on a Saturday night and early Sunday morning, you know there are characters in the emergency room. While in the emergency room, there's a sister Who's sitting there? She has on a Gucci hat, some Gucci glasses, a Gucci coat, some Gucci shoes. She has on a Gucci hat, a Gucci coat, a Gucci glasses, and some Gucci shoes. But in the emergency room also is a brother who is absolutely on something. If you want to know what that something is, he has been sipping on something. And if you know good sipping people like I do, the more they sip, the more they talk. The more they sip, the more they talk. And in good fashion, he's in the emergency room and he's going from seat to seat talking to people. In good fashion, he makes his way to the sister with the Gucci hat, the Gucci glasses, the Gucci coat and the Gucci shoes. He walks his way over and sits beside her and begins to speak to her. And in good, clean fashion, the sister with the Gucci hat, Gucci glasses, Gucci coat, and Gucci shoes, she moves to the next seat. And in good, drunk fashion, homeboy steps up 
and sits right back down next to her. Come on in here with me this morning. He goes in and he continues to talk to her in good fashion. The sister with the Gucci hat, the Gucci glasses and the Gucci coat and the Gucci shoes. She gets up and moves to the next seat. And in good drunk fashion, homeboy gets right up and moves right next to her. And in the midst of her moving, he makes a declaration statement. He says, why do you think you better than me and you can't talk to me? He says, no matter who you are and what you got on, we all in here waiting on the doctor. Let me say it again. He says, no matter what you're doing, who you are, it does not matter what you see. We all in here waiting on the doctor. And the doctor that we're waiting on is Dr. Jesus. So before you turn your sanctuaries into museums, you need to turn your sanctuaries back into hospitals. Because the church is supposed to be the place for sick folk. And if everybody in the church is well, then that means God can't be seen. That means God can't be you. That means God can't be what he wants to be in your sanctuary. Because they're going to come, and they're going to come with their offerings, but can Strong Tower, after 25 years, handle their offering? They come in with their offering. But because the priests have not prepared themselves, will you be ready for your people? Because the doors are going to open again. And when the doors open, will you be ready for the people that God sends to Strong Tower Bible Church? God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. God shine his face down upon you. And after 25 years from the Empowerment Community Church, from Senior Pastor Walter Simmons, Executive Pastor Mike Hollifield, and our Associate Pastor Lorraine Dunlap, to our Deacon's Ministry, from our Music Ministry, we want to say thank you for being who you are. And thank you for giving me the greatest gift on this earth, which is my wife, Jessica. Now that you have been here 25 years and the world in a pandemic is changing, will you be prepared for the people that God sends in here? God keep you. God bless you and let us pray. God, we thank you for strong tower. We thank you for their feet being planted. We thank you for the love that they've shown and we thank you that they're still here. Now, God, anoint this place afresh. Repair their doors. Make them conscientious of what you want them to be after 25 years. We thank you for their diligence. We thank you for their submission. We thank you for their love, their grace, and the peace that you keep them. Keep their pastor safe in your arms and his wife and family. And we thank you for making them a beacon of light in Franklin, Nashville, and in Middle Tennessee. Now unto him who's able to keep you from falling, the one and only all-wise God, to the Jesus who went to Egypt in Matthew chapter 2, we thank you for having us in Jesus' name. God bless you and God keep you. We love you. My, 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 my. I guess the best is yet to come. I mean, God's done some great things in the past, has he not? But I believe that better is on its way. Because with God, it gets better and better, or watch this, gooder and gooder. I know it's bad English, but it's right theology. Man, he's always doing new things. He's always uh, opening up our eyes to see wonderful things, not only from his law, but in his work. So I thank God to be a part of what he's doing, that I'm with him in the journey. I'm doing what he's blessing. And I'm not just asking God to come bless what I'm doing. And so what a joy. And I pray God gives us another 25 years. That would mean I would be pastoring while I'm 77 years old. And man, that's possible, man. I believe it. I receive it. I speak it. That I'm going to be the pastor of this church, making a difference for another 25 years to the glory of God. And I pray that many of you, if not all of you, will still be there with your walkers, with your canes. You may not have any teeth, but you'll still have a smile for the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. And we couldn't have had such a powerful month of celebration without the help of so many people. So I want to take a moment just to say thank you to the men and women who stepped up to make sure that God was honored and that men and women were celebrated, especially Darina and I. And so I want to thank um, the elders 
and their wives for just being who they are, for standing in the gap, uh, for serving, for being present, for being a blessing. I want to thank this staff in our church. Man, we have a wonderful staff. And I want to thank each and every one of you for how you, again, put your hands to the work of this celebration this month. All the little things you did that no one saw but God. Thank you. I also want to thank uh, Pastor Jerry in particular. Um, I call him G Money. Uh, Jerry, G Money, that's my dude. I want to thank him for whenever he had to write a check or whenever he had to authorize something, he was there. But above all, man, he, he's been doing some heavy lifting uh, behind the scenes. So I thank God for um, the executive pastor of this church who has a shepherd's heart that is unbelievable. God is good to give me a man like that to support me and even shepherd me. So praise the Lord for G money. Love you, baby. And then I want to thank our um, worship team and band for coming out and holding extra rehearsals during COVID, being distant, um, recording themselves here so that um, we could have fresh worship led by our amazing team. So thank you, Dr. Jewell. Thank you, band members. Thank you, singers on the worship team. And then also I want to thank Peter and I want to thank uh, Elder Aubrey. also want to thank Terrence Gibson for all the work they did with the videos and, and, and the editing of the sound. I mean, it sounds like we're in a live recording here on Sundays. And, and so uh, the lighting that you see, man, these guys have worked so hard and I want to thank God for them. I also want to thank God for Amy Wolf and for Brother Thomas uh, who edit the, the sermons that, that after I preach or the guest preachers preach and the people lead worship, they take all of that and edit it. And they've been doing it ever since March, Amy in particular, ever since March. And, uh, and then Thomas III got in there, man, to, to assist. And so they edit all those little special twists and things that you see the two of them do that. And I just want to say thank you guys for that. And, uh, and I also want to thank Sister Ebony Funderburg for doing a, a brand new voiceover. I mean, when Ebony talks, I get excited. She just has that radio voice. And, and thank you for that wonderful intro that you gave us. I also want to thank uh, Tamika Collier, that when we did the drive-through last Sunday, there was a beautiful table that was set up. And Sister Tamika set that table up, decorated it, and uh, it was phenomenal. And uh, so, so again, just so many pieces to this grand scheme, this, this great mosaic that God has put together called Strong Tower Bible Church. Uh, I also want to thank uh, some of my brothers on the radio, uh, Doug and Carlos, who interviewed me during this time to, to get the word out about the celebration and above all, what God is doing at Strong Tower Bible Church. And then I want to thank the membership um, just for your testimonies that you sent in, for coming to the drive-through, for the cards you mailed to the office to my house, for the messages you left me and Darina, just celebrating with us and even honoring us. us. Um, we do not take your gifts and your words lightly. We, we cherish them, we treasure them, we store them up because we know there'll come a day when the enemy will come against us very strong. And, and we'll be reminded not only of God's words, but we'll also be reminded of your words. So thank you, church. And last but not least, um, we wouldn't have the celebration we had without one person who had a vision, who was the architect, who put all of these pieces together. And that is my sister who has been a member of this church, who's allowed me to be her pastor for over 22 years. And that is Sister Lasagna Thompson. Lasagna, thank you for all of the work that you put into this uh, to make this a glorious month for me and for my family. Thank you for the sacrifices you made, even as you were going through some personal challenges on your own with your own family. That didn't stop you from serving God and it showing up at this church. So I just want to bless you and I thank you. And based on what the Bible says that he or she who refreshes others may himself be refreshed. So my sister, I pray that you will be refreshed um, and get, that God will restore you. And I know that part of the way you're wired is in serving others. And that's one of the reasons that you're blessed because it's more blessed to give than to receive. But I never ever want this church to take for granted what you do. So thank you, my sister. Love you. Love you all. What a celebration, man. Thank you, Jesus. So let's pray. 
Father God, thank you. Thank you for this church that you called into existence, this community of people. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I miss these people. It was so good to see many of them last week. But God, I'm praying, I'm longing for the day when we will all be together again in your house, learning the Bible together, worshiping you together, fellowshipping together, serving children together, doing outreach together. Lord, I, I, I pray for the day. I know it's coming soon. I pray, Lord, you would give us strength to wait on you. So, Lord, in the meantime, would you provide what our country needs by way of healing, um, vaccination, a cure, whatever it is for these numbers to plateau and drop. Lord, we pray that we would learn the lesson you have for us during this strange and peculiar season, that we will look to you more than we look to anything or anyone else, that we wouldn't idolize anything, not even church, that we would only worship you. But Lord, bring us back to church. Lord, again, I miss your people. And I thank you, Lord, um, that you've given me a shepherd's heart for them. And so, Lord, bless this house. And Lord, I do pray, give me and give this church another 25 years. We don't know when you're coming. You could come tomorrow and we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. The bride says, come on. But Lord, you may tarry for another five years, 10 years. We don't know. And Lord, if you should tarry, keep this church in your care. Thank you for providing everything we've ever needed for 25 years. We've never gone without. We've never not had a bill paid. We've never not seen you show up ever. You've always met our needs. And you've also given us many of our wants as a church. So, Lord, if you continue to pour out blessings on us that we don't have room enough to receive, we, uh, we, we promise, Lord, that we will not hold them. We will not idolize them. We will thank you for them and redistribute them accordingly because we believe that you've blessed Strong Tower Bible Church to be a blessing. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go and have a wonderful day in the Lord. Thank you for joining us today at Strong Tower Bible Church where Dr. Chris Williamson is Senior Pastor. We hope you enjoyed worshiping with us and will join us next Sunday morning right here for our 1030 a.m. service. Be sure to stay informed on upcoming Strong Tower Bible Church events and activities. Download the Strong Tower Bible Church app in the App Store or visit our website at www.strongtowerbiblechurch.com We pray you have a blessed, wonderful, and safe remainder of the day, and we'll see you next week, same time, right here at the Tower.